Welcome to the official podcast of the Hoffeld Group. Your host is the CEO and Chief Sales Trainer of the Hoffeld Group, David Hoffeld. Welcome to the Science of Selling Podcast, the place where you get actionable sales insights that are backed by hard science. And joining me is Carl Paulson. And Carl, we're going to talk about a really important topic when it comes to successful selling, and that is getting strong commitments throughout the sale. Commitments, commitments, commitments. It's one of the key things you've taught me is how much commitments matter. And most people talk about commitments in relation to the close, but at Hoffeld Group, commitments take place throughout the entire sales. So David, can you give our listeners an overview of how Hoffeld Group approaches commitments and why they're so important to a successful sale? Uh, Very, very crucial question to, to understand because there's a lot of science in this area. And when I say a lot, I'm talking about thousands and thousands of studies over decades. I mean, back in the 1950s and 60s, researchers found something really interesting that the best way to get someone to make a large commitment was to first get them to commit to something smaller that was aligned with a larger decision. Well, that was interesting. And then researchers continued to build upon uh, one another's studies And what we know about commitments today is that they are literally the building blocks of the sale. Now, when we talk about commitments, as you rightly called out, Carl, most people think about the big commitment at the end of the sale at the close. And though that certainly matters, that commitment is created by incremental commitments throughout the entire sales process. And when we talk about commitments, we don't mean just continuations, right? In a number of sales methodologies, Um, They talk about this, as do we, just mere continuations. Meaning I get to the end of the sales call and I say, this is great. Uh, Why don't we do this? Let's meet next week and continue our conversation. And at that point, I'll have some more questions and I can kind of share with you how we can help. What is uh, your schedule like for next week? Maybe Tuesday or Wednesday later in the day. And okay, let's do four o'clock. That commitment to the next step, right? That matters. That's not what we're talking about though right now. There's commitments that literally create the buying decision. And that's what the science shows, is that our ability to sell is literally linked with our ability to obtain strong commitments that guide our buyers on a natural progression of consent and into the final decision to purchase what happens at what we call the close in selling. So those commitments, what are they? We talk about them, the six whys. We've done podcasts, a lot of training on these. Let me real quickly run through them. Uh, First, why change? Why now? Why your industry solution? Why you and your company? Why your product or service? And why spend the money? These six questions represent the mental steps our brains go through when forming a buying decision. They are literally what determine how successful you become at selling. How are are you able to guide people through those commitments that they must make to be able to say yes? And when we can align how we sell with how people buy, meaning we help guide them through these commitments, which is literally, science tells us, the decision-making process. This is the root of it. If we can do that, it sets us up for huge amounts of success. And we, I won't go into it uh, too much, but the implications for this are huge. 
uh, just from generating more client loyalty, guiding people through the sales process faster, identifying where you are in a long sales process, what you should focus on next. Uh, these commitments, even dealing with objections, there is so they are so powerful. I cannot stress this enough that when salespeople start thinking about the sale as a series of incremental commitments, it is a game changer. And that's what we want to do. I, I couldn't agree more. I think one thing that I've really, really learned working with you, David, is that that stress, stress that I used to feel going into the clothes can basically be eliminated when you've been gaining commitments throughout the entire sales process. So the commitment to the close and getting the deal is, is about, you know, the same level of commitment that you're getting early on in the sales. So that natural progression steps is just a very holistic way of looking at gaining commitments. And what happens if we do everything right and we ask for a commitment, but the buyer doesn't give us a commitment, we get a weak response, like maybe, or, yeah, some, something to think about. Why does that happen? And what do we do when we get a non-commitment? Yeah, that, that's that's the question, right? That's the curveball with commitments. If they matter, and it's pretty conclusive that they do, and we know which ones matter, what do you do when you don't get them? Now, as you mentioned, Carl, you know, there's there's a couple different responses to that. So you ask for a commitment, let's say to your company, you're talking about your company, and you're setting it up beautifully and you're really applying it, you're customizing your presentation to what your potential clients need and what they care about. And so there's that synergy there. And then you go in and ask for a commitment. Uh, let, let me tee this up. Um, let's say, for example, you set up your commitment with a beautiful second level question that affirms the value. Uh, you present it about your company. You say, does it make sense why a lot of other organizations just like yours are choosing to work with with our organization on projects like you have. And they think, yeah, that, I mean, it makes sense. I see what you guys do. It sounds good. Okay. Let me ask, are we the company you'd feel comfortable with working with on this project? Okay. So you, you've done it all right, right? You set it up uh, beautifully. You got them to affirm the value of the commitments based on that. You go in for that commitment and they say, um, I mean, it sounds okay, I guess. It's something to think about. Oh, no, right? That's not a commitment, but it's not an objection, too. Right. So some of our listeners say, okay, I'm ready to go into objection handling mode. Whoa, hold up, hold up. That's not an objection, right? They didn't say, no, I disagree, right? They didn't object. So they're leaning in your direction, but that's not a commitment. And I can't just move on as if nothing happened because I didn't get a commitment here. I got to deal with a lack of commitment is what kills the sales. If commitments are the building blocks of the sale, a lack of commitment is what will inhibit it from occurring. So I got to take this seriously. So what in the world do I do? Uh, I remember struggling with this question years and years ago when I was looking at all this research that showed commitments matter. What if you don't get a commitment? What if you get a weak, wishy-washy response? What do you do? And I looked around for answers and I got none. So I, I looked frantically for a couple months into research studies trying to figure out what do you do when you get a weak, wishy-washy response? They're not objecting. So I'm not going to handle this like an objection because that wouldn't be an accurate assessment of the situation or an accurate response. So what do I do? And lo and behold, thank you, science. It came through with an answer. And there's been a number of studies that have looked at this how do you strengthen a commitment when you have a very weak or a non-committal response where it's not an objection? 
And so this gave me tremendous insight. And based on this, I began testing out ideas. This is years and years ago on responses. And here's what works the best. It's backed by science, works almost every time. The idea is this, get them to defend their position in your favor. Get them to defend their position in your favor. So what does that look like? Here, here's some of the language I want you to think about. Uh, think about the word benefits or advantages when it comes to things you're in favor of, like your company. So let's go back to the example I just laid out. Uh, I go in and ask if we're the company you feel you want to work with on this project, you feel comfortable about it. And they say, I don't know, maybe I'll something to think about. It sounds fine, I guess. And go, well, it sounds like you see some value in working with us. I'm curious. I'd love to get your perspective. If you were to work with us on this project based on our conversation, what do you think some of the advantages would be? Oh, you see what we did there, right? So let's let's take a pause and, and see, because what was causing that lack of commitment? It wasn't an objection, but my buyer was still thinking through this information. They were still processing it. So I was done talking. They weren't done thinking. So what do they need? They need a little nudge. They need me to help them process the information, the value, the commitment is built on. So that's what I just did. Get them to defend their position in my favor, right? So what are some of the advantages? And they're going to stop and go, well, I guess, like you said, you guys are really an expertise in A, B, and C, and you're able to do E, F, and G. And so, yeah, it all makes sense. So now who's selling who? Ooh, I let them do it. I said, and so now they're telling me great things about my company. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back in and I'm going to mirror their words and go right back in for the commitment. So I appreciate you sharing that. So based on the fact that we are an expertise in Amy and C, and you mentioned you also feel good about how we do EF and G, um, based on that, are, are we the organization that you feel comfortable working with on this project? Yeah, right. So now I leverage their words and I go right back in. So mirror those words back. But the key is get them to defend their position in my favor and think about the words of benefits advantages. You want to frame it like that. Now, let's say, let's go the opposite route just for fun. Let's say you're talking about a competitor and they bring it up and you know you're between them and you and you kind of talk about the differences. They ask about them. And so you're talking about, you know, how are you different than your com this competitor we're also considering and you explain it and then you go through, but you want to kind of um, uh, go into it. And so they start, you know, you're talking about them because they're bringing it up. What if you want to guide them in, in thinking uh, and helping formulate a commitment against that competitor? You can use the same strategy, right? Get them to defend their position in my favor. So let's say they say something like, okay, I understand the differences. You guys seem um, a, a, a lot alike, though. I, I, I get you might have some advantages, something to think about. Okay, well, that's not great, but okay. So I want to deal with that response. So I could say something like, get them to defend their position in my favor. I could say, well, basically, we talked about it. it doesn't sound like you're all that excited uh, about this other organization. Can I ask? I'd love to get your feedback. Um, based on what you know about both of us, if you were to have them do this project, what would be some of your concerns? And they're going to go, well, and now they're, I don't got to say nothing bad about my competitor, right? I can let my customer do that. So when it's appropriate, you can also use it. So the idea is concerns. And they're going to say, well, 
And they're going to deliver a counter argument, argument against using my competitor, which is going to move them closer. So if I want to nudge someone and really help them think through it, use those second level questions. But also when you're going in for a commitment, get them to defend their position in your favor. So if it's about you, if the commitment is about your company, your product, right? Moving forward with you, it's what are the advantages? What are the benefits? If it's against uh, a competitor or the status quo of doing nothing, you know, it doesn't sound like you're excited about not really addressing this issue. I'd love to get your feedback, though. I'm curious, if you were to do nothing, what would be some of your concerns based on kind of our conversations over the last couple of days? Well, I guess I right. And now they're thinking about it. And now that allows me instead of telling them, right, I can use these questions and this strategy. So you can use it in a number of different ways, but it's incredibly powerful when you go in for a commitment and you get a weak wishy-washy response, don't move on as if nothing happened and don't treat it like an objection. Instead, get them to defend their position in your favor. And if you do that, I've been teaching this for probably about seven, eight years now. If you do that, it's incredibly powerful. It works almost every single time and it will help you get unstuck when you're going in for a mission critical commitment. Practice that strategy. Uh, you want to become like a ninja at, at being able to use it so that you're able to use it and deploy it whenever you need to. Because when you do, it'll help you give that gentle nudge to buyers and help them move them into a strong commitment that'll help move the sale forward. They'll feel good about it. And so will you. So practice that strategy because if commitments matter, what you do when you get a weak, wishy washy response matters just as much. Could not agree more. And I can attest, having, having used this uh, across industries, one of the first responses you're going to get is, wow, that's a great question. And the impact that that following this route to commitments has, especially with wishy-washy commitments, has had in my career tremendous impact. So, you know, listeners out there, give it a shot and you'll see for yourselves how powerful this can be. David, as always, delivering the best of the best sales advice there is. Until next time, I hope you have a great rest of your week and we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Carl.